Hi, this is Sean Blackshear, life insurance broker for First Family Life Allegiance. Did you know that life insurance not only will cover you if you pass away, but it's also used to build a legacy for your family. It can also help you generate income. It can protect your mortgage and it can cover you with any kind of medical affliction. Please contact me at 314-374-3412 or please drop me a message on on Facebook and like the page at First Family Life Allegiance or go to my website, firstfamilylifeallegiance.com and schedule an appointment and I'll call you at a time that works for you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another session. Remember, we call them sessions of the Before After Podcast with Christy Danielle, me, a.k.a. The Talk Lady. And before we even get started, I just want to encourage you or ask of you, please, for your session fee to just go ahead and subscribe uh, to the Before After Podcast, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. So I am so excited about this topic today. Of course, it is titled Grown Women, Little Girl Souls. Now, we may ruffle some feathers. And when I say we, I'm going to introduce my cohort, my guest in a minute. But uh, listen, this episode is not, it's not just for women. Men, if you, and we'll do another episode for men, but men, you may be able to identify some of these things in some women in your lives. And so, grown women, little girl souls. So, I want to introduce my guest for today. Her name is Ariana Shears. I call her Grande, my close good friend. She is the host of Rendezvous Podcast. Please go subscribe. That's grown people talk right there. Rendezvous Podcast. Of course, we're going to probably use this episode to piggyback or. Use to use one of her episodes. Oh, it's just gonna be amazing. Uh, she is the owner of Greater You. Of course, she gets you to unlock the greatest version of you. Yes, she. Listen, I always tell people she has the power of God in her hands. <laughs> I'm talking about this chick will massage you into the third heaven. All right. So, I, am I missing anything? Um, I love God. You love God. Yeah, he love me too. <laughs> So yeah, as you as you guys can see, we cut up all the time. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <gasps> this is a blast. Yes, I like being on this side. Oh yes, you're normally the one who's the host. Listen, we talk about this topic all the time. All the time. Uh, some of you may not know, but uh, Ariana and myself were also ministers, and we've uh, and remember this show is for secular realm and ministerial realm the church realm church. and one of the lot of the things that we have seen we call them mean girls in ministry oh my gosh they're everywhere honestly it, i'm sorry yeah you not just ministry one. oh not you i'm just saying i know listen, i know what you yeah <laughs> and listen we're gonna go down some signs and symptoms um but i i just want to start off with this piece of fact Of course, remember, this is a session. Last week, we did a consultation. Normally, a consultation is what you'll be expecting, my approach to see if it's a good fit. But this particular session, um, please know every session that you come to, you're going to gain some type of skill, some type of strategy. I tell my clients all the time, out of 100% of your healing process, 90% is awareness, and the rest of that 10% is just you making a decision based off the awareness that you gained. 90% of your healing process is awareness. See, a lot of the times we deny. And one of the things we deny is because our ego is so fragile in that area. So I I just want to... So the first piece of awareness... So I want you to imagine a triangle. Okay? And this is called Maslow's M-A-S-L-O-W apostrophe S. Uh, This concept was developed by Abraham Maslow, but it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if, if, if you just go on this journey with me, imagine a triangle. Now we separate that triangle into five areas. The lowest portion of the triangle at the bottom will be called your physiological needs. That's air, food, water, shelter, period. 
The one above that will be your safety needs, your physical safety and your emotional safety, safetyness, safeness. Okay. And then the one above that will be love and belonging. The area above that would be uh, self-esteem, your value. And then the very top of the triangle will be self-actualization. I learned this in nursing school. Less than 1% of the population actually achieves the self-actualization stage. That means I am fully in my purpose. I know how to love. I know how to receive love. I, You know, everybody should desire to get to that top portion. Now, this is where trauma comes in. When you encounter a trauma, I love it because I saw this on social media one time, and it was the age where you encountered a trauma or love was deprived is the age where your soul is stuck. Yes. Trauma literally would like hinder the brain from growing. Trauma alters the protein around DNA. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so the goal of trauma, you have a trauma, and when you're triggered. You slide down from the top of the triangle all the way to the bottom. In therapy, we call that primitive. Very animalistic. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want you to, and whenever you're triggered, I want you to spot where on the triangle did I slide down to. And then we'll work on strategies to get you back up at top. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I'm listen, Ariana, I just had to throw that out there. They need to have a base because the thing that I love about how you offer information, it starts at the foundation of it. Mm. That's why you're apostolic, you know? Hey. And so um, when you don't have a foundation or a base to go off of, it feels like you're just grabbing at the wind. Mm. Like you'll never get to a sense of healing that you'll always be stuck if you don't know the basis of where you should start from. So I appreciate all of it. I think it was very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I really... And, and we talked about this briefly right before we started recording um, of how when you're triggered, it manifests. And I gave, when I, if you didn't listen to Healing Parent Child Relationships with Taryn Walton, go back and listen to that session. But um, I talked about when you're triggered, you will go back to that age. Yes. And that kind of correlates about that mean girl stuff, right? Yeah, because um, when you look at a lot of women, now or just some women now who don't realize that they're unhealed a lot of it like you mentioned earlier is bred in toxicity but we clone it as i'm a bad b a boss babe yeah <laughs> that's what we clone it as like no i'm just not gonna accept this i won't accept y'all can't see me but my neck is rolling i'm snatching air grabbing it there's a lot of 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 this um Overexertion of aggression. Yeah. And it's just because there's some uh, sense of control that people try to get back. And if I can mm. control the people who I look at as less than, then it'll make me feel like I'm more powerful than I feel. Yes. And, and that we talk about this all the time the mean girls who do the empowerment brunches. Yeah. And, oh. I, you, can, <laughs> you can see it clear as day. I'm doing an empowerment brunch. Wait, I could be your mentor, your coach. Uh -huh. It's nothing wrong with being that. However, the motive of it is because I want to be the main one in the clique like we in junior high. Yeah, and oh, you said the word, the triggering word, clicks. Yes. There's so many in any area. We won't just talk about our city because we could, but... Overall, if you look at any area that has this running rampant, you'll find that there's a certain group of people who have the same people on the same flyers <laughs> of the same type of events with the different same title, different words. And, and, and wait, everybody dresses the same. What? The, oh, everybody poses the same. Okay, I, but I, I'm, I'm saying this to say. Triggering, being triggered and being traumatized will hinder your authenticity and your individuality. Yes. Because uh, what's happening is uh, there is literally a civil war in your soul. Mm. So the old you is trying to prevent you from being the new you. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it, it is so powerful. Uh, the tools of therapy yeah. because literally in our in our brains we have one way of thinking because we've been doing it for so long yes and it worked yes. for the outcome for the out it, it, and see just imagine 
you trying to start a new pathway in your brain physically i'm talking about neurologically and even spiritually and emotionally mm-hmm. imagine trying to start a new pathway your brain is going to be like wait a minute we're not on. used to this this isn't what we do and exactly. then next thing you know you're fight or flight for something that is actually positive yeah yeah. It looks different. It feels different. But that's where the unhealed soul part comes in. Because right. little girl us, for women, would have a tantrum. Would shut down. Yes. Would lash out. Would do the opposite completely just to show you that I don't want this. Like, if you think of a four to nine-year-old little girl, mm. three even, twos, if you tell them, don't touch this. Well, why not? Because you don't understand. I can do what I want to do. Exactly. There's that independence stage. Now we get into the infancy. When you're developing in those ages, you're trying to learn yourself. You're trying to to figure yourself out. So there's going to be this level of independence that you should have. But there's a lot of wisdom you do not have yet to understand why why this is not okay. And that happens in adults. You cannot go out and start a business off of followers on Instagram because you do not have the business backing to do so. But because you're a boss, babe, you're going to be in debt. And that's what we call impulsivity. Yes. And and, and we really have to get on top of the impulsivity. And if you are finding yourself in things that we talk about, it's it's called healing. Healing can be one of the most painful yet beautiful processes Uh, it's called healing so this is a strategy uh that i mentioned when i was on the pie uh when i had taryn walton come on the podcast and i'm gonna say this strategy again i want you to write down the behaviors of how it manifests when you're triggered once you get that list i want you to what age and remember it's based upon your subconscious what age does it remind you of how does it manifest when you're mad? How does it, how, how do, what are your behaviors when you're frustrated, angry, when you're sad, depressed? Um, how does it manifest? And then now look at the list and what age does it remind you of? Mm-hmm. It, nine times out of 10, the age that it reminded you of is the age where your soul is stuck. And the point of therapy is to grow you up in that moment. And I, I call it, I call it the curse of overcompensation. And I mentioned this before. You gonna have you y'all gonna hear me repeat stuff all the time. <laughs> but the curse of overcompensation, that is the goal of us trying to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't because compensate means to, you know, you do something, yes. it's something that you need or you're paying it back. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing. When we are growing up, if we encounter a trauma and we don't get what we need, we grow up always trying to satisfy that. Yep. And so we try to overcompensate That's that. That's why you have smokers. Yes. That's why you have people Thank who you. suck their thumb. That's why you have people drinkers. who are drinkers. You trade one bottle for a bottle. Sexually promiscuous. That's why you have all of this because there's a level in your, in, not even infancy, in your, um, what is that stage called when you're growing up? With adolescent Yeah, the adolescent infancy stages, the toddler stages. When you don't fully develop in those areas physically, then you grow up physically needing to always pacify that. So that's why you have gossipers. Because you don't feel whole and full and validated in yourself, you will invalidate others and talk about them. Which Mm -hmm. is also the oral stage because you're talking and putting incorrect things (laughs) in your mouth. So it's a completely revolving door from the time when we grow up to adulthood if it doesn't get treated. Correct. And and it's so good we're talking about this because a lot of people are stuck in that infancy or adolescent stage. I mean, even dating, right? Yes. I always tell people, can you imagine a three or four-year-old girl trying to choose a husband? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I... I'm not going into no pedophilia, y'all. Right. Just, Imagine I, what she would pick. Well, she wants Prince Charming. Ooh. <laughs> wait, wait. The knight in shining yes. armor. Yep. Someone to rescue me like daddy would. Yep. And so then, I'm so glad we head in this direction. So then what happens is that we set the man up to fail. Come on. Because no man is a knight in shining armor. I cannot, it's just my pet peeve when women always say, he was my knight in shining armor. <laughs> he, he completes me. No, you should have achieved that beforehand. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, 
it's such a big thing because we make decisions based upon where our soul is. Yes, we do. Mm. Yeah, go ahead, say what you got to say. We do. I was just talking with um, my my handsome about this the <laughs> other day, how if we would have met um, just a year ago, oh it my never would have worked. Oh, it never would have worked because there was still some healing that I was going through, didn't even know. And I'm in a situation at the time realizing like, this is perfect. Christy knows. This is perfect. This is everything. And she's looking like, what kind of bear goggles you got on? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it took me realizing like, oh, you are filling all of the void holes that I haven't filled yet. You are making me feel like I have to, you know, care for somebody. That being needed is a priority or that's actually exactly. imperative to be in a relationship when honestly, you you should not really need me to be your mother. You shouldn't need me to pacify your issues. You should have had that taken care of before I ever came along. So when I realized, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't like this. Like, oh, I have a place in me that's unhealed because I want to be wanted in this unhealthy way not okay and that's how it manifests in women and listen what what are we what we're talking about now these past couple of seconds this is normally a sign that your soul is in the infantile toddler stage Mm -hmm. you want daddy yeah you want to be rescued you're the damsel in distress you want prince charming that that's how it that's how it uh manifests and even if we shift and and you may say hey that's not me that's that's not me um well then let's shift older to adolescent junior high stage you want the bad boy oh yes you want the (laughs) and and really i always tell people bad boys are just father figures in the streets Mm -hmm. but so it the, the bad boy may be either for adolescent or for infant or a toddler but then also she, she wants the jock yeah the, the the most popular the most popular you know she wants these these women who are stuck in the adolescent stage uh they show signs of they can be very opportunistic oh yeah they will put people down like crawl over people to make it to the top they'll do whatever is necessary mm-hmm. that uh, no boundaries no no boundaries none and so uh, adolescent stage is I want the best of the best he need to have this 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 and that wait and th- this is where we get stuck in getting caught in potential versus actually what we f- at this stage if you don't if your soul is stuck in adolescent stage that means that you'll always get caught on the potential of a man yeah, come on in my heart <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you get caught on the potential of a man yep you Go ahead. We just um, finished up a book, The Creative Leader. Shout out to Bishop Antoine Jackson. Shout he out. says in the book that potential is your ability to be potent, your Ooh. ability for power. But the thing is, you have to put motion to that. So the potential that you're talking about getting stuck in, he could do this, he could do that. If that never shifts to action, that's how you know you're stuck. In an unhealed place, Ooh, because I? if you're constantly yes. like, oh, one day, one day, one day, one day, that's like that uh, that TikTok, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. <laughs> if it's always tomorrow and it's never yes. yesterday, it already happened or is currently happening, you're unhealed. Yeah, and 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 just to say that, look at the role. So role, so when women are when their souls are stuck in that adolescent stage, you got to think about it, junior high, we. Uh, sexually active mm-hmm. we're we're looking at intimacy we, st- we really start shifting and transitioning even in our bodies and we're already start the preparing for the future you know yeah. just think about that so if you have a parental trauma and particularly a mother trauma a trauma from your mother figure what begins to happen is if your soul is stuck in adolescent, you'll become the mother to your man oh. or to your partner. You'll become the mother to your partner. We always become the mother that we feel we never had. I, I need for us. Yeah, take a sip. I need for us to grasp, grasp that. This is why we get caught in codependent relationships. 
and 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 co- another term for codependency it really means an addiction to relationship you're stuck on the high of the honeymoon phase oh. Forget, so uh, something I tell, I, I show my clients, and, and uh, you know, also, uh, I, I wrote a book. It's in editing phase. Hey, come on. Um, but uh, these are the phases to let you know that you're in a codependent relationship or you're a codependent. First, we start out at the tension phase. Everything you're triggered. Everything builds up. It's you know something not right. You start feeling some type of way. Then we go to the actual event. So you respond to that trigger inappropriate, inappropriately, unhealthily, you know. And then then after we get that high from satisfying that trigger or doing what we want to do, then we go into the honeymoon phase. Mm. Everything is good. Look, that tension may be, uh-uh, he cheating on me. They, ain't do, they not doing right. Something, something going on. And then the event is you yell at him, you slash his tires, you... I don't know. You you go out drink or check you his cheat. phone, take his phone, yeah, reaching che- out to people. Yeah. Oh wait, checking his uh, trying to get in his email or mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram and TikTok account, whatever. And then once you get that high of it, then and you know then y'all make up. Y'all may have makeup sex. I mean, come on, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the this you know it, it was so good and and we hugging and we all lovey dovey again. Again, that's the honeymoon phase. And then after the honeymoon phase, we call that calmness. Everything seems cool until we back at that tension phase. Mm -hmm. That is the cycle of codependency. We accept, especially for people with adolescent-style trauma or who's stuck in adolescent or younger, they live off the hype of the honeymoon phase so much that they're willing to accept toxicity and abuse. Think about high school relationships. That's all that is. True that. True. You yep. see them, you like them, they're great. Um, there's some type of, like you said, event that happens. Or I thought we was going to the dancing. You said you was going to ask me and you didn't. And this was, she want to go with you and then you won't. Fighting girls. Fighting girls. Women. All the drama, all the gossip. And then it gets pacified. The dance comes and leaves. Y'all together. It's great. And then something else happens. Prom. Oh my goodness. We was going to go to graduation again. There's something every that's the fuel that keeps the relationship together that's how you know if you can't if peace is not attractive if you're not searching for peace if that's not where you thrive right there's unhealed situation going yeah on. because and, and this is what i tell my i'm so glad you brought that up because this is what i tell my clients all the time i say right now drama and trauma is your love language and true love is foreign Imagine you as a city or state. Real love is foreign, and you'll go to war to kill it. So we start self-sabotaging behaviors. But even as we talk about this, um, how does it manifest in our adulthood? Of course, women, grown women I see, glorifying toxicity. Wait, yeah. everybody want to be professional and pettiness because I'm petty. Everybody want to be professional and pettiness. Olympic gold medals for being petty. Yeah. They, they glo- and then it also manifests you being the side chick. Mm-hmm. Being the side chick and being uh, they live off, the side chick lives off of the thrill of getting the man away from the woman. Mm-hmm. The other person. You know, Scissor said it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Friday. <laughs> it's true. Then just send him my way. And you know, women was, women were like, listen, nothing wrong with sis. Sis from St. Louis, we proud. Right. But I'm just saying, a lot of women with this my song. I'm, I'm. They were glorifying that. W- women are. Pr- I'll take your man. I have never seen, like, it's all on social media, even in songs. I take your man. He calling you, but at the end of the day, he coming home to me. Exactly. It's a glor. It, people are glorifying taking other people's partners. That is a sign in men and women that they function out of their soul in an adolescent or younger place. Yeah. We're not even talking about junior C in high school. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, that's like competition on a milli. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're competing for a lost game. You yeah. already lost. Yeah. Oh, and then, <laughs> wait, it may be some of y'all listening that may say, but I got them. Yeah, you, yeah, you got them. But most of the time after they get them, the thrill goes away. Yeah. Why? And, There's no chase anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You here now. Okay, great. All right. Well, you can go home now. 
<laughs> competition on a millie, okay? On a, yeah. So and, and and so that's how it manifests in adulthood, you know. And then, like I said, it also manifests. She, you know, she got to be coached mm. to everybody. She got to be mentor to everybody. Come come to my brunch. Let me pour into you. See, that's the part I don't care for. Mm-hmm. That's how you know that there's an unhealed situation because if you're always pouring, who pours into you? Do you allow it? Are you open to not having it all figured out? Oh, yeah. You know but, what I'm saying? But you know something? I'm glad you said that, though. Because I got that from you. You mentioned that a lot. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, see? That way. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say it, though. I'm un- unhealed. And this is for those who are in ministry or part of a leadership organization. But this is the term I use because I do mental health awareness in the church setting as well. Your unhealed parental trauma will have you believing the lie that your pastor isn't for you. I'm talking about you may have a shepherd who is for you, who wants to pour into you. You may have the director or CEO of of the organization, the nonprofit organization, that may be really for you, but you cannot receive it because what is adolescent? They're so rebellious. Yes. Can't nobody, don't know, I got this. Nobody poured to me. So, you know, if you have an issue with authority, if, if, if you have an issue with authority, you can't receive instructions. Nine times out of ten, that is a sign that you are you have adolescent, uh, toddler, or infantile trauma. Really not infantile, just adolescent and toddler. Yeah. And you respond by pushing them away. Yeah. Think about a four-year-old. I can do it myself. Yeah, right. I can do it. Okay, well, let me help you. I don't need help. And, you know, independence is the biggest sign of the traumatized mind. Biggest. Thing. When I see a woman glorify being independent, I-N-D-E-P, you know, <laughs> come on. I'm telling you, if I see women glorify being independent, nine to, I, I'm all, not nine times out of ten, 100%. If she glorifies being so independent, um, that means that she is functioning out of a traumatized brain. So a lot of you guys been trying to show that I'm I'm this big bad chick you're overcompensating you want to show that you're this big bad chick because nine times out of ten your soul is a little girl think of the and I'm not saying she doesn't have any trauma or that she's never had anything but it's more than likely healed look at the woman that people like the most people love this woman borderline idolize this woman she is powerful she is black she has an amazing husband they are a tag team bada bam boom out of this world she has so many projects books a book she is out here people love her and she is so humble Mm. michelle obama yes And, and you know something Sis is humble. Sis is humble. She is she is independent. She is a boss babe. She is all these things. However, she does not gloat. She does not glorify what she can do because she knows she has a team. Mm-hmm. She knows it took people, trials, a commitment to get there. She's the healthy version of what people like. That's why they like her so much. Right. But there are also is a way to get there and she will openly talk about it i'm not perfect and She's, i got stuff you know she mentioned in her book becoming and even i watched the documentary on netflix it was so good yes when she talked about they went to couples therapy yes. and the therapist was like michelle you the problem thank you and see that's that's so and that's i'm so glad we're talking about this if there is a submission issue mm. Submission is not a bad word. Uh, Me and another therapist, we were talking about this one time. Nine times out of ten, if you're an alpha female in the streets, you actually desire to be the submissive one in the household. And and we even incorporate that in couples counseling when it even comes to sexuality and exploring sexually in the marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, in the relationship. Because... If she is alpha, owning businesses and doing this, and I'm saying alpha because that's what the term we describe of this boss woman, yeah. and, you know, a if leader. she, is, yeah, if she is an alpha female outside of the home, nine times out of ten, she's dying to be submissive in the house, yes. in the bedroom. That brings order and balance to her. Mm. And, but I know some women who are some stay-at-home moms. She alpha in the house. Come on. Running the, her, the partner just brings home the bacon. She does the budgeting. She does the meal plan. She does everything. She tells them where the money is to be spent. So, but she she seems more submissive on the outside. Mm-hmm. But she's top dog. That on the balance. Someone mm-hmm. mentioned a um, 
a post on I believe it was Facebook and she said I am sick of being super Ooh. I am that's so beautiful I am excited <laughs> for a man so that I can just be the woman I don't want to be superwoman again and I actually am looking forward to when I can stop being praised for how many licks I can take oh uh, because uh, the strong being the strong woman and we're black women, it's so okay. I'm just saying that we, we you could put it generally to you, but be, uh, we're just saying this in this specific way because we're black women. But being the black, the strong black woman, it's played out. It's played out. I don't want it. I never wanted it. Right. No. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, no, there's a balance. And I'm so grateful that I, I grew up with two parents in the house for mm-hmm. a majority of my life. I don't even remember not having two. Mm-hmm. And... I loved them being a team. Yes. They are legit best friends. And really when you are. see when you see like how they used to interact in their prime, they would work on cars together. You know, he my dad would cook and my mom would prep it. So there was just this like balance wow. that they had and then my dad knew like, "Oh, no, you're, she's strong in this area, so she's going to do what she do." And would just fall back. But then my mom would allow him to be whatever he needed to be the leader in. So, yeah, no, I never liked that trope at all. Number one, no thank you. Yeah. I do not take, um, I don't take pride in doing more than I have to in some mm-hmm. areas because, you know, yeah. healing is still happening. But no, this, uh, um, no, thank yeah. you. I don't want it. Independence is a sign of toddler adolescent trauma. And, and we need, we need, you need people. It, it, you know, listen, if you're not a believer, you might, it, listen, just press pause or fast forward, I don't know. But this portion, <laughs> if you are, I want to, um, it reminds me of the scripture um, when God told Moses uh, about the tabernacle furniture. And they were making the uh, the brazen labor, the wash basin, the second piece of furniture in the wilderness tabernacle. And God said, get the looking glasses, which is another term for mirrors, from the women and use that for the brazen labor. The point of the of the labor is reflection. And, and that's why I love therapy, because it's all about reflection. Mm-hmm. True prayer, like my, our spiritual mother, Prophetess Pamela K. Dillon, she said true prayer is looking in the mirror. You cannot move any further in your healing process. This is across the board for everybody. If you do not have the ability to self-reflect and if you cannot self-reflect or accept accountability for some things and decisions you'll always hit that roadblock so i'm wondering if we are our our own problem but but the looking glasses so the question that i had was because the women would use these mirrors to fix themselves up for when their husbands return from war and so i'm like if the woman, if they're donating their mirrors to the tabernacle, how would they know how they're beautiful or fixed up for their husbands? They they most likely uh, went to other women and said, "How do I look?" Because who was their eyes? Who who were who were their mirrors? You know, and so we need other women. And 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 this is for some of us. Oh wait, this the biggie. This this is a sign of adolescent trauma. I don't like women. Wait a second, because you're getting in my little note I wrote down. Come One on, way talk you about can it. Tell of of an unhealed person is how they view other people. Yes, because that's your internal dialogue is telling is is projecting projection. They don't like me. They don't know. It's not that they don't like you. You don't like you. Yeah. So you assume others don't like you because it's fact to you. You think everybody obeys that fact. Mm-hmm. That. Just and this is I'm so glad just because and this is what I tell my clients just because it's a fact to you does not mean it's a fact to everybody else Mm -hmm. just because you feel this way about yourself does not mean other people see it just because you see it don't mean they see it and so a lot of us walk in fear Mm -hmm. which is a sign of early trauma of unhealed trauma because you're so fearful of stepping out remember grown women little girl souls yeah we this is a sign of a little girl soul yeah you don't know how to separate your individual thoughts and feelings from other people and then they'll say oh i'm discerning no check your self-talk yeah yeah thank you yes what do you say not not what you say out loud or what you want to say what you know you should say when you make a mistake what's the first thing that you say to yourself Oh, 
I'm so dumb. I have a, a coworker mm. that says that all the time. Whenever they make a mistake or they say something, they say, I'm so stupid. And I'll say, how about you made a mistake? Oh, you know what I mean. I do, which is why I'm I'm interjecting here. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. And that self-talk, that internal dialogue spills over into other relationships. Now there's always this fight, this tug of war, this push or pull. When you do meet that real love, when you do meet that genuine love, it's like you said earlier, it's foreign because that is enemy territory. We don't love ourselves over here. Get that away. Uh, exactly. And, and, and look, wait. I can't stand uh, I can't stand females. I got majority male friends. That's another one. You need other women. The, but see, here's the thing. It's called generalization. Yeah. Because it was proven true to you in your past that women do have the capacity to be toxic, but everybody has the capacity to be toxic. Everyone. It's just what you do with it. Yeah. So you're meaning to, t- you're telling me that because of the people in your past, you're going to hold off on potentially good, healthy relationships because of what they did in the past. Yes. Use that as fuel. Exactly. And as that- a conversation. Exactly. Because oh, I'm the, the healthy relationships I'm stewarding now, those are, are, are areas of, of growth. It's, hey, I dealt with this in the past, but this is how I'm deciding to move forward with it. And then it helps them not only see us, but we're also able to put out in the open, these are those scars that I'm currently healing, mm-hmm. and this is how I'm I'm choosing to nurture that healing process. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to share? Yeah. Do you have anything that you can contribute? Okay, just wanted you to know. And that's not a conversation people like to have a lot. It's a lot of, no, 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 I'm not really dealing with anything. I'm, I'm okay. And you know something? I just want to say, if you found yourself in your mind or even out loud giving a rebuttal to what Ariana just said, then I'm, I'm just, because this is what we do in therapy. We call it out. I'm just being honest, you know, being honest. If you found yourself giving the rebuttal, like, no, because everybody I opened up to did this. Everybody I, uh, that means you have a boundary issue. You have no boundary. And then you say, uh-uh, I don't let people come close. You don't have boundaries. You have walls. There we go. We don't want walls. We want gates. I can talk to someone across the gate. I'm still reachable. But I give them permission whether they could come inside the gate or not. Yes. You don't want walls. I always tell people, you know it's an unhealed trauma when you're dealing with either end of the spectrum. Either they have, I mean, people just run in and always hurt them or they have extreme walls and no one can get it and so and these are these are women trying to get a relationship but they mm-hmm. have walls oh yeah but they don't in in their um i don't even want to say defense because i don't want to defend them um sometimes in the mind it really is helpful it seems like no this is really helpful because i've done it this way and i've gotten to this point but here's the interesting part if you don't have what you're looking for still Mm-hmm. with this method so it's obviously not right. working and and then also are you fearful subconsciously of healthiness mm. yes yes because here's the thing you say how do i meet these people and how nine times out of ten if a healthy person encounters you good things happen to bad people bad things happen to good people i mean it's just the nature of the game that's life but so you're going to encounter good people and you're going to encounter bad people and i'm saying those terms for lack of a better word right like better words right now so and i ask clients all the time they want a relationship they want a relationship and then i'll say and then i'll present them a case a, a scenario about someone healthy Nah, because I would think, and or they would shoot it down, or they wouldn't be attracted to it. Mm-hmm. So that means there is a subconscious fear of healthiness because it makes you feel less than if you were to encounter a healthy person. Ooh, get off the toes. On the toes. I'm on the toes because I no, love really, the toes. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> I love stepping on them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that is. Um, I had a very, very good conversation with um, with someone important to me about how I wasn't receiving their help, mm-hmm. and it was an eye opener because I realized in that moment I had to ask myself, why is it hard for me to let you into this space that I know I need help with? And it was like you said, there was a fear of what I look like, mm-hmm. but I had to understand that's my reality. 
the reality is I really don't know what I'm doing right here. Yeah, but that's the fear. And that and thank you for your transparency. Oh, yeah. Because you get all these goods. That's, listen, that's the fear of the unknown. We, because some of us are so afraid to be new and to be healthy that we would settle for the old man. When I say old man, I'm talking about old relationships and old versions of you. I'm, I'm all across the board. Healthiness makes you want to vomit subconsciously. Oh, yeah. And so, because I'm like, what if, because they would feel intimidated by healthiness. Mm-hmm. Toxicity hates healthiness. It, toxicity hates boundaries. And and so, and then also, if you try to put in boundaries and they have an issue, we're talking about Bishop Antoine again, I Come just love on. him, but he, something he said on his Facebook and it was so powerful, he said, you want to know if somebody is for you, choose you in front of them and watch them respond. Yep. If they get upset by you having boundaries and you choosing you, then they, they cannot go into your new place. So actually, your boundaries are your protectors. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Now we bring in a little bit of ministry in this. That's an eagle's anointing. Sometimes we may have to fly alone. The problem is we don't know as adults how to self-soothe when we're lonely. Yes, because people are not going to come every... Bishop Antoine talked about this again. We're just going to give him his little credits. You know, give him, yes. Um, in the, it, he said something in the book that's reminding me of a thought now that we oftentimes want to take everybody with us. And when we don't know how the people in our life are going to show up in the new place, we keep finding ways to put them there. Instead of just moving forward and allowing whoever comes to comes and goes to be around. But that's also something in adolescence. Think about it when we're growing up. We want to keep our friends. Oh, and, oh, and we'll do toxic things just to keep we'll them. We'll do so much because at that point, at that age, we don't know what the future looks like. You've always been my friend. Always to us is, you know, seven, eight months as a kid. Right. You've always been here. We've always done this. And as an adult, if we don't know what it looks like to adapt, that's why people who move around a lot as kids grow up to be some of the more stable humans because they've had to learn and quickly adapt in whatever area they're in naturally. So emotionally, they've had to soothe in ways. Not saying everyone who's moved around are the most healthiest people ever, but that's a a coping mechanism that people don't often learn as kids because you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You just, you have this routine. And when your routine is rocked, there's a problem. There's a problem. And so growing your soul up is recognizing what age your soul is uh, I, I mentioned this in the podcast with uh, Taryn when I did healthy child healthy parent child relationship healing parent child relationships just a bit of self disclosure I know that my soul uh, is between uh, I have early early childhood trauma trauma between three and five and and so I f- was functioning life like a three to five year old child I was making decisions out of that. So what had to grow me up was I had to first accept that I was there. I know that's so cliche and it's like, duh, well, I know that. But I really, uh, acceptance, uh, I believe it's called radical acceptance therapy. Acceptance brings solutions. That's just like my clients who come in for anger management. Someone talked about it before when I was watching YouTube I thought it was just so profound. They was just like, say if you're cooking breakfast and you drop the egg on the floor. You don't want to accept that you did this thing, that this is where you are. You're in the kitchen with a broke egg on the floor. So we start punching the walls. I ain't even hungry no more. But if we accept that this happens, I accept it. What's next? Oh, I maybe should clean it up. So acceptance brings solutions. So we have to accept it. You cannot be a full, complete human being. They call it shadow work as well. You cannot be a full, complete human being if you don't accept your lower portions of yourself and your higher portions of yourself. Everybody always walking want to walk in the higher light portion, but no one wants to accept that darker portion of themselves because of grief. Yes, they can't. They have to grieve properly. Hey, hey this may be. 
grieve your old self properly grieve the trauma denial anger bargaining depression in which you said the final stage acceptance and we and you may go back and forth with that grief process you may it may bounce but here's the thing healing is not a definite process when i say definite there is healing is not okay i did the work now i'm all better we're ever you know evolving evolving we're you know so I, I i need for us to accept those darker portions i had to accept i'm a jealous envious person but i always say behind every jealous and envious person is the fear of being left behind because jealousy is i'm afraid you're going to take what i have that's abandonment mm-hmm. envy is i want what you have that's 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 fear of them moving forward and leaving you that's abandonment abandonment trauma it just flows with jealousy and envy what if you accepted these portions of yourself i had to accept i'm opportunistic i'm a bulldog when it comes to business if, if anybody <laughs> knows me and knows my personality mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I what are we doing what are we doing when we getting it ooh, I, listen i could make you a millionaire overnight i'm just big facts actually she had she had an event space and then shut it down i, I had anymore. listen i no lies. Weddings, bridal showers, baby showers. I have vendors. I have I uh, caterers, and I mean, I uh, in one evening, one day, I had two or three events that satisfied all the bills for the building and my house, and then some. Everything was like, you know, uh, but I I needed to accept that I'm I can be very opportunistic. I can climb and claw my way up to the top. And once I accepted that, I was like, okay, whenever you show up, I know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You got something to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought you was like, yeah. I, listen. This is powerful. I, every thought and emotion has a physical manifestation. It, well, really, just to say this, every thought. No, I'm going to rewind again. Every feeling. Every trigger has a designated emotion and a physical manifestation in your body. I call it your soul dictionary, S-O-U-L. When you're, uh, when you're triggered and you're feeling anxious, how does it manifest? What are the thought patterns? For me, when I, um, when I feel like somebody's about to abandon my life, I feel it in, uh, we call it in nursing, I'm also a nurse, we call it epigastric, the top portion right un- of your stomach, right under your diaphragm. It manifests in my epigastric area, so that's the physical manifestation. It exacerbates, and then, um, and then I get very paralyzed. I can't move, I can't think. Well, I think too much, but I just I just can't move. Um, so that's the physical manifestation. My thought process is why they leaving. Now I'm overly sensitive. Why they do it this way? Is this post about me? This those are kind of th- when I feel somebody is abandoning me. So whenever those feelings manifest, I say, uh oh, somewhere I'm fearful somebody's about to abandon me. When it's something that I know I should be doing but I don't want to do it, it manifests in my chest. Rebellion for me manifests in my chest. And, and then my thought is, I ain't doing it. Then, then comes procrastination and laziness. Procrastination and laziness and hesitation is just a traumatic response. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because the portion of your brain that focuses on uh, getting tasks done, that's your frontal cortex. That's ruminating. So if it ruminates, it's going to play over and over again. I'm going to just shut down. So when I know I should be doing it, but I don't do it, I shut down lazy see that's how i manifest i don't feel like doing it i'm self-sabotaging that's how i manifest so how does it manifest and what emotion thought or trigger does it go towards so every time you recall those feelings that's how you know what's going on and you could stop it that's good thank you you're welcome. <laughs> I'm looking to see if you have anything to say. Because with everything that that you you are mentioning is it's stuff that I've already um, realized and understood about myself and have begun to do the work for. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important if I can say anything right here is don't allow the shame to have more mm-hmm. say so than it should. Allow it to help you acknowledge the area that you're having trouble in 
and then use the acceptance and your strategy to get through it. But shame's number one job is to paralyze you. Wow. So keeping that in mind, if you feel that, if you feel that, that, um, that sort of glob in your throat, if you feel that anxiousness behind your neck, if you feel the paralyzing feelings all over your body that make you feel that you cannot move and that you should not do, know that you're on the right path to healthiness. And you're not going to like it because you don't know what it is. Amen. That's so good. Just know that and then know that you're in the right place. What, the, what they say in church, know you in the right place for a blessing. Ah, yes. Come on. So I know we talked about, and, and Ariane, we, listen, we're going to talk about this again. We're going to talk about We're going to talk, and then we may even have a man come on to assist. Um, because I do believe if there is father trauma, women, and I'm saying it based upon what I see in my therapy office, what I've encountered in my own life, what I see on social media, women hurt women, don't, they don't understand the voice of a man. So any man could speak and they'll fall for it because they don't understand the voice of a true loving man. Let me say that. Um, and, and, and early fatherhood trauma could really cause us to be fearful of males. Hi, my name is Ariana and I have early fatherhood, fatherhood trauma. <laughs> me too. <then. laughs> so uh, so it, it, this healing is onion layers. We peel and we peel and we peel. Um, and you cry and you cry and you cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a release. It's a release. So if you found this session beneficial awareness, I encourage you to find a therapist. If you want, um, of course, I'm open and accepting new clients. You can reach me at beforeaftercounseling at gmail.com. We could connect through there. I am in the state of Missouri. Uh, but if you are out of the state of Missouri, um, please, you can, of course, psychology today, um, therapyforblackgirls.com. And that's for people if you are in Missouri. Um, I know plenty of other therapists, Lena Chapman with Haven Support Counseling, uh, Haven of Support Counseling. She's amazing. Um, I We really encourage you to uh, just dive into your healing process. Um, if you want to reach Ariana, Oh my gosh, so many things. Make sure you tune into the Rendezvous Podcast. Yes. If you are a podcast listener, um, you can find the Rendezvous Podcast on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all the things. And then also, if you are in the St. Louis area, um, Share Relaxation is my massage business. Stay tuned for the location. And then also, um, Greater You Professional Development. Um, you can find that on Facebook or www www.greateru.us <laughs> if you need any help with your career in professional development. Man, she can, see, once you get healed, you go to her. Yeah, we, and, we and have getting walking your part. Like, we got, yeah. yes, it, listen, we whole deal. We may need to promote that, you Come know. On. Um, but yeah, so I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Before After podcast. This session, listen, I always tell clients after. Sometimes after sessions, you're not you're not gonna feel like peaches and cream. It's not gonna feel like rose bushes and whatever. It, it you're going to feel some things, but we encourage you to feel and learn the skill of self soothing. But to self soothe means you have to know who you are. So, listen. The theme of before and after has always been we address the trauma before the after ever existed. So we want you to get to your original self. Be safe. We love you until next session.